very excited. Uh, the space is moving so rapidly. This summer, it was insane volumes for this specifically 10K collections. I guess $4 billion at some point. Hello and welcome to The Financial Fox, investing and innovation ideas with a twist. I'm your host, Steffi B, and in this episode, I will be joined by Alexei Palin, CEO and co-founder of Rarible, one of the first community-owned NFT marketplaces. So this is going to be a super cool interview because we are going to talk about one of the hostest things out there, which is which are NFTs. One thing to remember is that I'm not a financial advisor and all the content here is only for informational purposes. But before we go into the episode, I want to talk to you about my new crypto web domain name, financialfox.crypto, which I got it from Unstoppable Domains that is creating a new generation of web domains, which are actually domain name on a blockchain that you buy once and then they are real forever. So you don't have to worry about renewable fees anymore. They are decentralized, so no one can hack your data and they are also effectively domain NFTs. So you can trade them and make money once the decentralized web will be taking over the internet. The cool things is also they make crypto payment really easy. So what you do, you add your wallet address to your domain address and you forget about it. So when you need to get paid, you just give your crypto web domain address, which is connect to your wallet and that's it, the money comes up. Um, like magic. So if you are interested in buying an unstoppable domain address, then go on unstoppable domain using the link in the description, which will also help to support our channel. And if you want to do a little bit more because you like the work we are doing and you want to make a donation, you can do it in Ethereum, Bitcoin, or USDC to financialfox.crypto. And that will be super appreciated. Hi, Alexi. How are you? Hi, doing good. And how are you? I'm fine. So we are going to be talking NFTs, which is one of the super hot topics of the moment. And uh, yeah, what I would like to do is I'm, I'm sure that everybody knows Rarible, but just in case, let's maybe start with you giving some information about your background and how you started Rarible and what Rarible is. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm a co-founder and CEO of Rarible. Uh, we started Rarible two years ago uh, at November 2019. And um, from the, at the time, it was very few places where you can mint uh, your NFT. And in our opinion, it's just a great tech. Uh, we tried to play with it and uh, actually didn't find any place to launch. So you have to develop and code this by yourself. Uh, so we decided to launch the easiest uh, experience of creating NFTs and then marketplace to sell them because it's not really interesting to just create. You have to do something with it. So this was the first <clears throat> conception and uh, it it go, it was pretty successful from the very beginning. So when we launched at November 2019, uh, people start to picking up this and the audience start to grow in and from that uh, from the time we grow in pretty 
organically. We didn't use any marketing. And now uh, we are one of the largest NFT platforms in the world with um, like a lot of users and GMV transacted each day. So maybe tell me some of the top sales or some of the, I mean, I don't want to say the best NFT because each NFT is beautiful in its own way, but some of maybe the top sales on, on the platform and maybe some of the most well-known artists that they are, um, you know, they, they are bringing their heart to uh, Rarible. <laughs> yeah, there is a lot. Actually, one of the well-known, like, on the one of the oldest rareable OGs, it's Lirona with her boys collection, maybe now. It's a very nice uh, concept and there is a lot of uh, collaborations and different styles. There's like a community of owners as well. So I would say that um, interesting that we have different use cases. So we don't really have only art. There is many other things like uh, there is a very successful drops a drop of uh, music NFTs Jingle Bee they did like 100 auctions at one uh, simultaneously and sell everything in like minutes and made uh, like 100 plus key dollars uh, also there is some interesting use cases one guy it, it's, it was very early and one guy is actually uh, sell his body uh, for tattoos. <laughs> you no could, yeah, yeah. So you could just buy his like place in chat on chest and send him a picture and oh, he yeah, I should do it tattoo. as well. But listen, do they decide also the type of tattoo they want or it's just the space? Yeah, he just sell the space. A lot of uh, users actually tattoo it, they, their avatars on him. <laughs> so they, you choose the space and you choose what you want, basically. You want him to tattoo. Yeah, you just send him a picture and he, he should do the tattoo. This is like crazy. And uh, there is a lot more different, I don't know, very interesting use cases. But um, And from the very beginning, Redible, was the very open platform. So anyone can mint and anyone can mint whatever they want. And we as a like as founders, we're really curious to see what kind of use cases could be because the technology, uh, NFT technology itself, it's uh, very broad. So uh, we saw like different levels of adoption. It was initially CryptoKitties, it's like gaming, blockchain games, NFTs. Then we saw, um, crypto art adoption very large cluster now after it comes uh 10k collections this pfp uh name for this uh, it, this is like profile pictures yeah. uh, pictures for proof so uh, this like board apes and um and uh, hash masks and many many others that are actually launching every day right now so this use case is very popular uh and generative art i guess for now oh yeah aside of this uh there is a new trend for mainstream nfts and this means like sports uh basically like sport teams they launch in their nfts for their fans and brands and celebrities so it's kind of ip holders mainstream nfts uh we are seeing 
Okay, uh, slight um, but steady adoption of this uh, use there, case. There is a lot going on also in digital fashion as well, because I think, uh, you know, first of all, you said, right, this was CryptoKitties, then gaming, then art. Art was really big, and this is where it became really mainstream, that people start to, oh, yeah. that's something. But now, really, fashion brands, they're, they're jumping into the space. Uh, how, how do you see that, that kind of um, area evolving? Uh, so as you say, uh, a lot of fashion jumps in, a lot of music actually trying to do something, but I would say music didn't take off yet. It, it's still to be discovered. Okay. So the goal for each discipline, the goal is to figure out the um, right model, right mechanic, because NFT is programmable, pro programmable. So you can actually build in different kind of mechanics so from one end it should be simple to educate easily for a broader uh, mass of people because if it's really complex uh, it's very hard to educate people and they so the adoption is really long so it should be easy from one side but usable from another yeah. and Everybody is trying to do something here. Probably for sports, it's easier because there is a flow blockchain with top shots. They uh, clearly uh, made a great success and uh, created a very nice use case. So it's like a, a best practice in sport right now. All other sport teams, they trying to do kind of the same mechanics. Uh, so yeah, but for sports, it's it's more clear right now. But other verticals, they just trying to emerge, uh, to emerge. So they looking for how they should launch their NFTs. What is the mechanics behind? And as far as they find out, like something usable and um, popular, it immediately like spikes. And and I would say crypto art is still big. So uh, it it not like was big it's just same size but nft markets just grow <laughs> much bigger and inside nft market uh, art is like smaller much smaller than it was before like year ago but still art is uh growing it's like the same size and growing so so let's do something now because we talk about education and and it's obviously very important let's talk about how an artist mint an NFT. You, you mentioned about an NFT being programmable. So let's uh, maybe explain what kind of data an NFT um, can include. And let's talk about the royalties, you know, all these kind of aspects. So then when, um, mm -hmm. you know, people hear the word NFT, right, they understand that it's not, okay, non-fungible token, but probably for people not in the space, that wouldn't make much sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Totally. So I will describe how it works. And um, NFT itself, it's just, um, you can think about this as a digital content that is unique. You couldn't copy this. Uh, that's why it's uh, instantly getting value. Uh, and um, the best, uh, so aside of like uh, digital content that you couldn't copy, it's also can, um, can have some built-in program, program programmable functions. The most usable, most like popular right now is royalties. 
This means that as a creator, if you launch a piece of art, uh, you can build in this piece of art some percentage that you will earn from each resale. So usually it's like from 10 to, I don't know, from 5 to 20%, not more than 10 usually. So it means that each um, on a secondary market, on each resale, uh, original creator earning like 10% from the deal, which is a really um, significant passive income for some of them, uh, right? This is very popular. Uh, other very, very popular mechanic and Rarible supporting, by the way, yeah, Rarible supports all of what I'm talking about because we support all the major things uh, for sure. So the second popular is splits. Uh, splits means that you would like, let's say you have a collaboration or you want to uh, to donate some portion of uh, sales to royal, uh, to charity. So you can have splits. This means that you as a seller, you set up a list of addresses uh, that and percentage that will re- they, that they will receive. And you, let's say you sell for 100K some piece of art and then 10K goes to one wallet. It's for charity and uh, other like another 10k to your collaborator and so on so it could be as many as you want but yeah keep it low not big less than 100 because the gas price for sale would be high yeah okay you know let's, what let's, mean. Go back. let's let's talk about the gas prices later because i i really yeah, sure. want to, to break down on the pro- so let's say okay for what i understand is rarible is basically a platform for artists anything about creativity anything about art but but art not i mean not just art art could be in game could be anything that is creative basically am i right uh, mm, i mean r- Probably uh, art is a big part of Rarible, right? And creators is a big part. And Rarible is uh, maybe, uh, in the sense, art and the creator-centric NFT platform. We used to highlight just uh, creators on our front page. And we do have a top list of them, uh, which is not really often you can see on other NFT platforms, but uh, you can also find all types of NFTs on Rarible. So it's just, I would say general platform. You can find collectibles, uh, sports NFTs. Recently, French Montana launched his uh, sneakers on Rarible. So it's it's very broad, uh, but mm, definitely some creativity and uh, and art is, is in DNA of Rarible from could, the beginning. Could we like a, a digital asset platform? Am I correct to explain it like that? Digital, digital asset NFT platform? Yeah, so just basically leading marketplace for all kinds of NFTs. Yeah. Okay. Um, minting NFTs. So let's say you can have a JPEG, you can have a video. Uh, these are mainly the two base format, right? Yeah. Music is also. Music, exactly. Then what you do, you upload them uh, through the process uh, and then you follow different steps and you pay for it. 
And yes, that right. is something different because I did some NFTs as well. So, you know, I, wow. I, I see the difference where if you go on OpenSea, which is another NFT platform, you don't pay. Not really. You actually, there is two options. Uh, you can pay or you can create it like so-called lazy minting when you don't really pay as a creator. Rarible is actually support lazy minting as well, but Rarible, uh, we kind of have a protocol layer. There's some kind of infrastructure layer that any other uh, creators like developers and NFT space can use and Rarible itself using this uh, uh, protocol layer. So on the protocol layer, we already support this lazy minting on the Rarible uh, as a front end. Uh, we will support like in like week or something from now. So it's essentially the same. And you can also, you will be able to uh, mint for free. But the difference is uh, that you, when you pay, so you mint uh, the NFT itself in uh, on the Ethereum blockchain. But when you didn't pay, so someone paying for you, usually uh, at the first purchase. So first buyer will pay for this minting, uh, will pay minting cost for you. That's convenient for most creators, but it's kind of gives you some limitations. You couldn't have your own collection. So yeah, if you want to have your like separate collection, it's like another, uh, another, like entity in the blockchain world. So you can create a collection and put all the NFTs inside this collection. Usually all the premium NFTs works like this. So you're creating like uh, your specific uh, thematic for, for some, like for some series of NFTs, you create one collection and then you mint there. So you definitely have to pay for this, but for lazy minting, you mint, freely but in in the shared collection which okay. is not so premium but it's cheap <laughs> so why is preferable for example for for some aspect to do this soft minting where you don't really pay for it straight away okay How, why that is useful or it can be useful for got it, got it. so you call it soft minting usually we call it lazy minting, yeah, lazy minting. Or, or soft minting, it's fine. So yeah, the benefit is obvious. You didn't pay anything. So you would like to experiment or you just first uh, doing like your first steps in NFT. You don't really know if this is right, I don't know, thing to do. So you just mint for free, see what happens. If people are buying this, you earning money. So you actually now can do your own collection and I don't know, mint uh, NFTs uh, and pay by yourself. So I guess this is the major thing. So usually early people, uh, uh, beginners in NFT space, they like to use lazy minting, but professionals, they like to pay and create separate collections and mint inside because they're actually sure that they will sell they have audience and experience. So um, let's uh, maybe go back uh, and talk a bit about uh, the uh, fees because uh, Rarible yeah. is built on Ethereum. 
where if we are making a comparison with OpenSea, they are using Polygon, which is a layer two scaling solution for Ethereum that is kind of taking some of the transaction away from the layer one. So it's making all the fees, the process simple and the fees are a little bit lower. Uh, why you decided to stick with Ethereum and what being a scalability is a challenge. What are the steps that you're gonna that you're gonna take in order to uh, scale your platform and lower, for example, yeah. the, uh, the transaction fee? Mm -hmm. So first of all, when we started two years ago, I, it was no layer two solutions. Everything was uh, everything were in development and they actually launched somewhere like last fall and still some of them still are in very early early days. And um, yeah, we, we do have multi-blockchain strategies. So again, all this works on, on the protocol layer and uh, protocol is actually work, can work with multiple blockchains and multiple layer, layer one, layer two solutions. We are integrating Flow now, and it will be available soon. Also, we are supporting Polygon, Binance Smart Chain, and several other EVM-compatible chains. All of this is just in development. at some very, very close to production now. So I guess next month, we will see more, um, more blockchains on, on Rarible. That's, that's very well. interesting because obviously the uh, the world is multi-chain now. Everybody's talking about interoperability, you know, cross-bridging and stuff like that. And I was and I was really interested about it, uh, to, to understand what you were doing. But you know, it, it looks like you have got all a pipe. Now we we hear uh, the same as others. We believe <laughs> in multi-blockchain world, and uh, it's definitely uh, this way because. We've seen like different blockchains and they have different pros and cons and for and they have different supply of NFTs. So Flow has uh, NBA Top Shots and a lot of IPs there. Uh, Polygon has a lot of games and yeah. Ziki Snarks actually has domain names and Gods Unchained is also working there. It's kind of a popular game. Uh, so different blockchains, different use cases, different supply, but they still, all of them supports NFTs. So we as a platform for all kinds of NFTs, we have to support all exactly. of them. And regarding Binance Smart Chain, where do you think they are placed here? In the sense, do they um, focus on something specifically? Um, I, I don't think they really focus on something. They usually follow and they just follow in the market so when it was uh, uh, totally market of digital arts so they approach all the digital artists and they actually have success there so there is a good traction and good um, amount of new nfts and volumes there so okay so it's basically a question about their platform their traffic is good so it basically makes sense to integrate with them yeah they have their own audience uh binancers and uh guys from i don't know traders and they have some DeFi cluster as well on binance smart chain so definitely it's another um another sector 
uh, of users and, and NFTs. That... And what about uh, Polkadot? Because there are also many, many projects also there, quite yeah. interesting. I mean, I, I own, um, um, I mean, I bought this egg <laughs> from Canaria that has become a bird and now it's a beautiful bird with different traits. And I thought it was quite interesting because then, uh, then it, it gets you into the evolving NFT concept, which is very interesting as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, th this is uh, actually, yes, I didn't mention this very, very new use case of this involving NFTs. Uh, one of the great, like, and most hyped projects here is Loot. Do you know? Okay. The Loot oh. project uh, is basically the words. So NFT consists of 10 words, and that's all. And uh, so the idea is that uh, you're buying this Loot. And as a community forming, so uh, all these NFTs, they form the community, like 10,000 people, they are inside this community and they have to decide uh, what they would like to build on top of this NFTs because first edition, it was something around, I don't know, fantasy game, like you have sword, black hat, uh, I don't know, uh, shoes, magic wand, and so on. And you, you have the... Uh, random like 10 words and there is a 10,000 people who actually own random 10 words and now they they um, trying to create like a new metaverse on top of this and your NFT with this 10 words will like your uh, key to this metaverse and your seed phrase so you will create like a character there from this NFT. It's like bottom-up community for formation and the metaverse formation. It's pretty fascinating experiment actually. And yeah, just remember this, I just remembered from your story with the egg. And coming back to Polkadot, it's actually probably least explored space for now for NFTs. So it's just getting traction, I think because the Pol Polkadot tech is pretty complex uh, in general, and they have like several layers uh, from, I don't know, technological layer to uh, application layer and too much, I don't know, maybe complexity, but they just need time. And maybe next year we will see rapid growth of NFTs on Polkadot as well. Yeah, maybe Cardano as well as they kind of get started. Okay. Yeah. So um, NFTs and metaverse, you just mentioned that. Um, what's the role of NFTs in the metaverse? And how they are the NFTs are building the metaverse? Yeah, usually um, NFTs, so metaverse is just a virtual world, any kind of them, any kind of virtual worlds. As a virtual world, uh, you can find, I don't know, buildings there, trees, animals, or I don't know, some magic objects, anything fantasy, but it's just some, a lot of items there, right? So if it's like item, it's non-fungible, so it's just NFT. That's why NFT is really popular to represent all the like items inside the metaverse. And yep, it, this is pretty good use case. 
So if we, if let's go back to the um, NFT that change. So this was one of the, the one of the things that I'm that I'm thinking about. Right, if you can create an NFT that actually replies or uh, or um, interact with certain condition, and based on certain condition, it changes. So it's programmed in a way that is not static or is not fixed, but it change based on certain condition that he gets, uh, uh, he encounter. Uh, and, uh, and thinking about that, I'm thinking, um, for instance, would it be possible for some wearable to, be, to change their appearance based on certain conditions? So if you go in a metaverse where it's dark, your uh, um, T-shirt, it will be um, a, a certain color. And if you are going uh, um, out in the sun, it will change or with the sunglasses or with a coat that can be waterproof. You know what I mean? All these hmm. things. And then can be also from people interaction. You know, you can, uh, the, the, maybe it's not the wearable, it can be something else. But how, that, how can you make that possible? Uh, you mean in the metaverse, right? Yeah. Well, well sure. you have to create an NFT that's got those properties. So uh, yeah, yeah. it would be a, a bit different than the current NFTs. Uh, oh, yes, sure. And there is like several ways to do this. One way is just create and program all this behavior and sell like eye, um, eyeglasses that change in the color uh, upon like changing the accordingly to different conditions of this metaverse, right? One other thing, which is Bored Apes did recently, they actually created another NFT. So you have uh, your avatar with Ape, Bored Ape, and they created an NFT with Serum and this like uh, some acid that mutates your NFT. So you can buy the, like another NFT, apply to your NFT, and then you get new NFT. So uh, it could be even like works like this. So this means that uh, you can have like your eyeglasses, but then you can buy, I know, no, a new programmable NFT, uh, which transforms your eyeglasses to oh, yeah. different kind of eyeglasses. And then you kind of apply them on the program level, and you now uh, have not static, but uh, dynamic changing eyeglasses. So you can build on the top of, of an NFT, adding more yeah. NFT, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or you can program everything, but if you program everything, then you, you, you might not be able to build on the top. Uh, so usually, yeah, it's, it's always better to, stick with simple uh, pieces yeah. and building blocks. I, so I when, when you have these building blocks and then you can have different, different kinds of programs that using these building blocks and generate other, other kind of pieces. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's something very interesting. I mean, it's something that I was looking at. I thought was something that maybe is not so developed right now, but uh, it would be nice to see some yeah, same as loot. You have the standards, and they they kind of cost a lot of money just because this is very very simple building block. 
and it feels like the community is very strong and they will create lots of other uh, kind of programs that will uh, utilize all these building blocks and generate new things. Uh, for example, uh, guys already created a virtual gold for this metaverse and they airdropped this virtual gold for all loot holders. So you already kind of having this, you earning um, other pieces of this new metaverse, right? That's why it's very, all, all these NFTs, they have this uh, value and people are willing to pay lots of money for them. Yeah. Okay, on that note, let's talk about, uh, you know, some legal issue, because uh, obviously, you know, NFTs has uh, disrupted the concept of ownership. They have been empowering uh, artists, people, you know, with the ability to create something they own and they can sell and they can get a royalty forever. So uh, the problem is that NFTs are not considered securities right now. Uh, and and when you when you buy an NFT, there is all, always the issue: Am I buying, a, a, you know, a real NFT from this real artist, or you know, am I gonna get um, con and <laughs> trapped into something where I'm, you know, the, the artist is not the real artist? So this kind of like, um, you know, ownership right and 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 stuff like mm -hmm. that kind of like a big issue. How are you addressing that on Rarible? Uh, because for instance, in OpenSea, it's not very clear what you own. Um, what, what, I mean, tell me the way you see it and, and how Rarible is doing it. And then maybe we can talk about what art gallery are bringing to the space. Okay, so this kind of complex question, starting well, from fuck. legal, and ending to fraud in, in NFTs. So um, how to, mm, I will start with the end. <laughs> it's like easiest part here. Uh, how to be sure that you buy genuine NFTs. Definitely the easiest way is to buy on Rarible because we have this yellow mark uh, where that means that a creator is verified. If you're buying, something from verified artist with yellow uh, mark. So you can be uh, confident that everything is fine. Uh, yeah, this is the answer for kind of how to buy safely. Yeah. So just go to Rarible and um, check yellow marks when you are buying. And if the, uh, we actually on, on interface level, we prevent you from buying from unverified guys. So it would be like red uh, balloons with um, alerts, like uh, be careful, you don't know what you're buying and so on. So it's kind of hard to buy from uh, some fraudster, but from a legal perspective, yeah, it's, uh, it's not really clear. It's something new. So you know that uh, people, uh, and societies, they creating all these laws to protect themselves. But as we, um, as we evolutionize and like create new things, new behavior, new mechanics, the law is also kind of um, going for this. And I would say like NFT just emerge and there is no clear kind of 
specific law around this. So now it's just a digital content. And most of the countries classify, even like payment systems, they classify uh, NFTs as a digital content. Uh, that's why usually on the legal level, NFT is treated like a piece of digital content. And it mostly, all the issues mostly around uh, IP rights and uh, DMCA, claim, DMCA claims, right? So it's totally not around uh, securities like it was with ERC-20 tokens when you can trade them. And you actually, when you buy an NFT, you clearly buying something you know, visual, digital. So, yeah, it's yeah, kind you, of you, you kind of make money as well because they, they, they are a value as an investment. I mean, many collectibles, they are an investment. They are a way to diversify your portfolio. That's why people buy art or they, you know, they buy um, expensive whiskey bottle or, <laughs> you know, things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying and that this is the reality is like the legal framework is trying to cope with all this disruption and it's difficult for them, you know, to kind of uh, uh, tackle all the front. Now, now they may be focusing a bit more on DeFi and then maybe they are going to get to NFTs. Regarding fractured NFTs, uh, because yes. that's also a very interesting concept, do you maybe want to talk a little bit about what it is a fractional NFT? Fractional NFTs, it's uh, quite popular as well, mechanic. It's where uh, it actually means that, um, so NFT is non fungible. You by default, you couldn't sell half of NFT or a fraction of this NFT. That's why, but sometimes uh, NFT costs uh, tons of money. Like, I don't know, art blocks, very popular collection of generative art. Uh, pieces could cost like several million of, millions of dollars. CryptoPunks cost a lot, millions of dollars. So sometimes uh, people just want to buy a piece of this piece, like a I don't know, fraction of some punk. That's why uh, fractionalized services emerge. It's essentially some smart contracts that lock the NFT. And uh, instead of this NFT, they issue some portion of ERC-20 tokens. It's fungible tokens, so you can divide it on the very, very small pieces. So yeah, this is how it works. So you just put one non-fungible NFT and get, uh, I don't know, 1 million of uh, new kind of currency, which represents, uh, which is, um, have has this asset underlying, right? And um, there is several popular services. NFTX is one of them. Party DAO allows you to bid uh, collectively and receive this partial ownership for the item that you win. So yeah, it's popular. Yeah, perhaps I see in a real estate, it could be maybe more popular, but even for some like um, social project where they are kind of built uh, in that way. 
Um, yeah, very exciting. So coming back to galleries, to art galleries, this is something that I wanted to ask you. So you see, you know, like Sotheby's, uh, uh, you know, trying to cut history, they're all jumping into the space and obviously they've got a name, they've got credibility. And this is what, um, you know, some of the buyers and, and also the artists, they trust this third party. Uh, what do you see being their role going forward as the, the space of uh, NFT arts on decentralized platform uh, start to develop even more? Mm. Yeah, it's a good question. I think they just uh, very, very effectively promote the whole NFT space because they have a very... I know, high profile and uh, rich audience. And um, yeah, so they just educate people what is NFTs. And also usually they have pretty good PR and the media really likes to cover all this. So in this sense, it's just an awesome way to tell wor tell the world what how great is NFTs and uh, how, I don't know, uh, what, what the prices could be there. <laughs> so it's valuable. Yeah, it's very valuable. I agree. It's maybe a transitional period, transitional role they are taking on, but it's uh, because of their visibility is very important. So um, talking about Raribol, uh, uh, th there is obviously a, a token as well, um, yeah. which I have a few of them. Wow, cool. <laughs> uh, so when we are going to see the token for instance trading on Coinbase, Huh. So, uh, a readable token, so readable as uh, a platform, it's a uh, kind of working on top of the protocol. And ready token is uh, is a tool for govern. Uh, we, we have a DAO, and DAO is taking care of this protocol, and uh, also I don't know lots of things around the protocol, such as development, promotion and basic parameters of this protocol. So we have a governance procedures there and you can use your token to vote. And it's, it's, it was built uh, as a voting token. So you actually um, should use your token to vote for, for different proposals uh, to, to kind of uh, govern this protocol because the protocol it's a shared goods, so we don't own this. We're just a, one of the major contributors there. But as all other players in the space could, can actually build on top, we couldn't own this. We couldn't close source this because nobody wouldn't. Uh, nobody wants to build on top of something close source. Yep. And for 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 us initially, it's just much. Um, bigger advantage to build a community of like-minded people who are building different types of different kind of nft projects they because we all need this layer so we um trying to encourage people to build and to develop this layer and to effectively um, kind of manage all this we created this token to govern uh uh, initially, right? So that's why don't really trade it on any centralized exchange because it doesn't mean to be traded. Uh, it's more about like governance, but uh, still there is some DEXs and people 
can do this on DEXs and they are doing this on their wheel, but Redible doesn't really encourage anyone to trade. Uh, we are encouraged people to organize around the protocol and help build the very, very kind of strong and reliable infrastructure layer to, for the whole space. I think that this is very good because uh, it's good that you are answering that way. And I'm very pleased because you find most of the project out there that they are more interested in, you know, in making money with, the, you know, in getting the token out there in places where can get more visibility, get more transactions. So it's a, it's a really genuine answer and really appreciate it. So just to wrap it up, um, how are you excited about, you know, the times ahead and, you know, what is going to happen with Rarible and all the NFT space? Um, very excited. Uh, the space is moving so rapidly and it's like crypto space at some point. It's very, very uh, fascinating that it's an intersection of uh, mainstream people and like crypto native people. And it's more like a blockchain technology underlined. So... Yeah, everything is developing light speed, I know, very fast. So <laughs> we're just trying to um, to be like in the same, uh, on the same cadence of, as the whole market. But yeah, we're excited. We will see lots of new use cases. We will see lots of uh, mainstream people coming. So yeah, it's, it's something that will be with us for a very long time. Do you have many developers working? Yeah, Rarible growing rapidly, <laughs> the same as the space. So for the last six months, we grew from 20 people to 80. And we actually having, I don't know, one, two, three, like five new employees each week. We have even like a, a call to introduce people each week. <laughs> yes. and, and tell me a bit about the volume. I mean, we have seen, you know, the NFT market like really uh, riding the waves this summer. Uh, can you maybe give us some numbers if you if you have them, maybe how the market on Rarible has changed in terms of transaction from last year, uh, so 2020 to, to maybe this year, uh, how, you know, things are picking up? Oh yeah, sure. So first of all, uh, this summer, it was insane volumes for this specifically 10K collections. And they hit like, I don't know, I guess $4 billion at some point. Uh, this is just art blocks, generative art plus uh, PFP 10K collections, avatars. So only this two, these disciplines, they, they made like 99% of the volume of this $4 billion. Uh, yeah, so crypto art uh, become like a very small piece comparing to all this uh, generative art and PFP. Uh, so Redible is actually doing really great comparing to last year. It's like hundreds of percent um, up. So we're doing somewhere around... Uh, like tens of millions, somewhere around 30 to $40 million each month. Yep. So it's uh, growing. Yeah. 
Yeah, bigger, bigger, big things. I mean, I'm quite excited about the the integration that you you have planned. You know, with Polygon, with Binance Smart Chain. I think there will be really big uh, things to grow the platform, and you know, to get more people uh, interacting with it. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, and and also I would like to mention that all this happening on the protocol layer. So it's actually open source and everyone could have this benefit. So any project that we have like several of them already in production who is using Rarible protocol. So they will have all these blockchains instantly right after this integrations will be like happen. So it's not only for Rarible, it's for the whole space who are using the Rarible protocol. So I encourage other people who are developers who are, I don't know, thinking to build something in the space to use uh, the protocol and, yeah, uh, to contribute as well. Yeah, fantastic. So uh, where should people go if they are interested to discuss? Yeah, it's pretty the- easy, readable.org. <laughs> Okay, are you more, uh, um, uh, is the community more active on Discord or Twitter? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Discord is the central point and there is a link to Discord on this landing page for the protocol. So still go to rarible.org and there is a link to documentation and for source code and for Discord as well. Okay, fantastic. Uh, uh, listen, Alexei, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, I wish you all the best with Rarible. I'm going to keep a close eye uh, on the project. I love the Woody, by the way. is <laughs> brilliant. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Great questions. Really enjoyed being here. Thank you. Okay, we have arrived at the end of the show. I hope that you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. Um, And if you have got any question about NFTs or any comments or anything that you want to share with us, please follow us on social media, send me a message. And um, yes, stay tuned and I will see you next time.